Leon Alexander here in episode six of the Unintentional Podcast. What's so amazing about Bristol musical history is a real melting pot. Traveller culture, Jamaican culture, house culture, incoming students, poshos, ravers, that all came together to create a fantastic melting pot of dance music explosion in Bristol and created what was occasionally called the Bristol Sound. Uh, today I speak to Bristol radio legend Deli G. You may remember him from the days of Bad FM and FTP and Galaxy and he still has a number of shows going on today. What we're really focusing on today is him growing up in Jamaica and his introduction to sound system culture. And it's a story of his I hadn't heard before. He's a fantastically verbose man. He's got an awful lot to say. Uh, I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. I'm just trying to see if I can find the camera settings on this thing, yeah? Meeting settings. Even though I work for um, a broadband institution, I'm not the best IT person. Mm. I'm just trying to find this damn thing because it did ask me, Zoom, mute, start video. Oh, there we go. There we go. Here he is. Here he is, mate. How are you doing? <laughs> Live and direct as an oh agent. My... Look at that. Oh, man. Only the grey beards, mate. Don't worry, but it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> How are you keeping? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. been an interesting ride, but all good. Still here. Yeah. You know, well, what about you? You've been working all the way through, or what have you? I've been, yeah, I've been working through, obviously, with a day job now. Um, yeah, I've been working right the way through. You know, loads of shows going on, so I'm, I'm still active, very active. But you know, when, amongst this craziness, some goodness has come out of it because um, I think people are communicating more, obviously via virtual, but they are communicating, people are talking, people are looking within themselves and also looking out as well and see, really reflecting, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we've never known it like this, mate, do you know what I mean? We're like, you know, young hearts run through this part, you know, until the day break of dawn, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know so no but no anyway i think we're here to talk about back in the day right well yeah we are kind of really and um how much time have you got this might have to be part one two maybe three <laughs> yeah well i mean it was the same with wilkie it's like we just covered a bit of it and we'll probably yeah. come back and do more you know we'll just we'll just start somewhere and see where it leads us really because yeah well I, I mean, my memory listen. of you, my first memory of you is on Bad. Bad radio. radio. Yeah. The first pirate station in Bristol. Yeah. Original and, pirate and station. If, and if I remember correctly, it went Bad Radio. The difference yeah, is yeah. we're the best. Yeah, we, we had a... How, how do we do that? I think, you know, first and foremost, let me give prop to Soul Twin D, Leroy and Delroy Dixon, because they actually set the radio station up. Yeah. You know, you know, they, they, they give them their dues. They set the station up. You know, it was very, very like, you know, very like, we had a Casio. I remember us having a Casio keyboard player. And I don't know how they triggered a sample, but it had like, bad, bad radio. Yeah. Original and the best. That's right. You know, things like that. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, it was very like stripped down, but it was raw. Yeah. It was a very I've got raw. got that jingle somewhere. And I'm going to stick yeah? it into this recording. Yeah, I'm going to dig it up. I've got it. I've got a couple wow. of shows from ages ago that I've still got on yeah. a MP3 somewhere. The original and the best. Bad radio. Yeah, you know, it were those days, that's the 80s. That's when you remembered me. But it really and truly started for me. Jesus, 1970. <laughs> 74, 76, 74, 75. Right. Because it was before I went it was before I went to move to Jamaica. Yeah. I was involved with I was involved with music in Bristol at a very, very young age, around about eight years old. I remember yeah. I remember going to the bamboo club, you know, just to help my uncle out with the sound system. I remember I was always around the sound system. Yeah. I remember selling, I used to work in a record shop, even though legally I wasn't, you know, but back then I don't know what legal was. No, I just right. wanted to be around. I just wanted to be around music, and um, I remember um, working in a, a record shop on Stapleton Road in Eastern Bristol, um, just beside where the um, the church is, 
in the, I can't remember what the name of the church is, but on Sipton Road, I used to work yeah, in yeah. a shop there. Uh, and it was owned by, it wasn't officially my uncle, but I used to call him my uncle. I need a sound system called Steel Waters, okay. um, which is um, the, the father of Michael Williams and, you know, family and that. And um, he had a record shop there called Rucker's Hi-Fi. I used to hang out, uh, a friend of mine who's passed away now, uh, um, what his name was, Tony Brown. Me and him used to hang out at Bannerman Road School. I used to bring my dad's Blue Beat records in. And my little, um, he had a little flip top record player. I used to charge kids half penny to come and listen to records. Up in wow. Australia. Yeah. yeah. Starting early. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a promoter <laughs> early, mate. <laughs> Very early. Very early. You know, it was half pence. But back then, you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We should charge them half pence or a penny to come and listen to Upsetters, Blue Beat, and all that stuff. Uh, but Tony died in Jamaica, God rest his soul. Well, I was out there, but I didn't see him while I was in Jamaica, but I know you heard he died out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now we, um, I, well, yeah, my dad bought me a Philips record player, and this one had two speakers on it. So it had like the four like turntables, all that stuff, and it had two speakers clipped on the top. So it yeah. was in stereo. And I remember doing my first ever, I used to say, I, I call it a jokifying gig. Jokifying gig when I was like, again, 1975, I was about eight, nine or whatever, um, at Bannerman Road School in Eastern. Mm. After the end of the year, they had like presentations. And yeah. I was the guy in the corner playing the records. And I like to think that, you know, the whole thing with music and DJs today I remember when nobody wanted to be the guy in the corner playing the records. Everybody wanted to be the guy on the dance floor because back then, if you could dance, the girls would love you more. But I always wanted, yeah. to, I always, I always wanted to play records, and um, that's how that happened. And then I, I think I, me and my brother built my first little play sound system. It must have been 1976 because everything in England was between up until 77 mid 77 because i went to jamaica in 77 but I, we built a little sound system and we built we built the bass speakers out of a tv shell mm-hmm. you know the, the old you know, back in you know back in the old school days the tvs were massive you know with the tube stuff in the back yeah. and a wood frame around it and i remember we um we built it and we actually built it down um even though we had the stuff at home we actually built the speaker up the felix Road adventure playground wow yeah, yeah, and this is when the Adventure Playground was like, I think there's a picture of it around somewhere, me and you know, a couple of the guys, some of the guys are still alive now, like Lloyd Thomas, who's a security now. They're mm-hmm. all in the picture, you know. Um, Paul Ayton, who's got his own big sound system now, but we built it in a prefab, and the prefab just like a zinc. And we just hang out and play, we build fires in there, we had our dens and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's how that's, that's I built my first sound system. It was just a, a bass speaker, I can't remember what the top ends were like, but it was just like a little tube amp, little little little, tr- little tube amp, and that was it. Yeah. And how long but, were you uh, in Jamaica for then when you went in '77? Eight years. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but music was something that I I, I know I it, it had to be a part of me um, when I went to Jamaica. Yeah. Because it's, it, as much as it's going on in England, I was just I was just a kid. But then when I moved to Jamaica, it was like, it was all around you. It was all, you know, no, there's nowhere you can go and not hear music. No, yeah, right, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, it was a big, it was on a bigger scale, much bigger scale. Because what you got to remember in England, everything was like inside, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everything was like closeted in with Jamaica. It's like, the weather, they had the weather for us, everything was outside. Um we moved to Jamaica and obviously I didn't go to Jamaica because I had to. Um, I mean, I didn't go to Jamaica because I wanted to go. It's just a case that my, my parents wanted to return back to Jamaica. Yeah. So as a kid, I had no say in the matter, but I tell you, Leon, right. I personally think it's one of the best things they've done for me. Yeah. I really do because it, it opened my eyes to not just like a different culture, different way of life but everything in general because obviously if you know the history of the England and you know you know, I have to say England because obviously that's where I was born and what it was like in the 70s and I still remember National Front still remember being chased by National Front mm-hmm. down the street 
Mm-hmm. I still remember various things like that, which was a, wasn't very nice. I still remember, I think, watching a lot of the programs on the TV now, watching how things were. I can resonate with it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I can okay. really resonate with it as okay. a kid. Um, I just, I still remember I mean? NF being scratched into everything, bus stops. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Telegraph yeah. poles, if you whatever. Into, yeah, if you, if, you, if you went into, like, you know, the, the phone box to make a phone call, because there weren't mobiles back then. It'd be, it'd be marked up in the phone, yeah, phone yeah, box. Yeah, phone box. It's all yeah. around you, you know? Yeah. But um, like I said, going to, moving to Jamaica really opened my eyes towards the, the difference of the two countries. But the whole essence for me with, with being over there was a music all around me. And it was, a, it was just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. It's like, mm. you know, take up, you know, the sun... Yeah, the sweet smell in the air, the fresh food, you know, the whole Jamaica lifestyle was just like. I I think the word is paradise. Let's take away the 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 um the social differences between people and how they live, just just the climate alone. Yeah, you know, you know, we you know, as a as a family, we grew up in a very, you know, very nice house. A very nice house. I have to consider. Let's put it this way: it was much bigger than the one we had in Ebrode in Easton. More land space, <laughs> more fruit trees. Mm-hmm. The way our people conducted themselves as Jamaicans, because obviously mm-hmm. I still got like a sore thumb, i.e., my accent. Yeah. But my accent later became a great asset to me within the music business, which we'll come to later. Yeah, yeah. it did. It did. It did. Very, very much did. Um, but like I said, I went to school. I think one of my first interactions with a superstar was at a very uh, young age in Jamaica. My mum said to me, when you go to school and you're crossing the road, make sure you cross the road. Because it's in England, Jamaica. Okay, they don't stop. You understand? So I was like, my school is on a road called Oak Road in Jamaica, which is a very... It's like a main archery that takes you from a place called Alfay Tree all the way to Mona Heights, mm-hmm. right? So I had to take 70 bus. I had to walk partway from home because I lived in a place called Richmond Park, which is Kingston 10 in Jamaica. I had to take a bus from there and it went all the way up to Oprah. And one morning I came off the, the bus, went to Zebra Crossing, and as you do, you wait. We follow the green cross crows like we do in England. And um, this, this VW bus pulls up with a lot of Rastafarians in there. And the bus pulled up at the zebra crossing. This Rastafarian guy said, cross the rodeo. And I looked at him. Didn't think nothing of it. I just looked at him. And he looked at me and said, cross, man, go on, man, cross over. And I looked again, make sure you come. So I crossed over, not thinking about anything. So I went to school. And about three o'clock, after three when um, school was out, all I can hear was the kids were saying, Bob Marley's on the playing field. I was like, Bob Marley's on the playing field? Because obviously I still have my little things. And so I ran down, because I went to a very well-to-do school. My school was like a very high society school. Let's put it this way. The prime minister's kid would went to my school right. in Jamaica, right? And because my grandfather was a businessman in Jamaica, I was like one, in, one of four to be privileged to go to a school like that. So I, I ran down with the kids down to this part of the playing field because we had a very we had like we had two football fields, one tennis court, one swimming pool, basketball court. That's how well to do the school was. So I ran down to this football pit, this football field, and there's all these Rasta fans playing Kipiopian football. And when I looked over, it was Bob Marley. But it was wow. I point I point I pointed to him and said in my English voice, that's the man that let me cross the road. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And but I didn't think nothing of it. And he looked at me. He looked at me and he said, What me out? And he kicked the ball over to me. Because what it was, is see, at our school, at a certain time, the permission, because I didn't realize that Tough Funk Studio was just down the road from my school. Right. But I used to go past the studio every day. And they had two complexes. They had like the one where the, the, the famous where the shooting took place when they tried to kill Bob mm-hmm. in the house. And across the road. They had another complex where I think might have been a studio, but I never went in there. But they had like two complexes, one across the road where the house was, where I think him and Rita and that lived. 
and then they had another place across. So the picture where you see him on the hammock, the hammock and all that, that's on the left-hand side as you got Oak Road and across the road, they, they had another complex. But they were playing football on my campus. Wow. And that was the only time I actually saw him like eye to eye. But it was a, it, that was a moment Yeah, for me as a young kid, yeah, yeah, as a young definitely. kid, as a young kid. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But that was the first time I met like a so-called and even then he wouldn't call himself a superstar. He was just Bob, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's sort of 78, something like that, is it? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of like peak said, Bob I, Marley, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, I went, like I said, I went to Jamaica in August 1977. Yeah. And I went to school, but we're talking between like late 77, 78. Because I still, when I, when I saw him at that time, I still had my English accent. Musically, I was like, I hadn't started to really get into the disco side of things just yet because coming from England they didn't really play disco like that on the radio you know what I mean it was all like the obvious pop stuff like the Bay City Rollers and Junior is it Junior Essex? David Essex David mean? Essex that's a Junior yeah yeah David Essex yeah yeah well you know that's right well it was that kind of stuff that you know the, the, the K-Tel album samplers with all these little mini tracks on there that if you played on your record player too loud it stopped feedbacking like crazy but obviously yeah. we, we we didn't know about 12 inches but and anyway the 7 inch the um, 12 inch didn't come until mid 77 anyway do you know what I mean so but it was that kind of thing so going to Jamaica was like I was very much Bob Marley um, Peter Tosh had not gone solely I don't think but it was very much about that kind of sound reggae Dennis Brown, of course. Um, but then I still remember my dad back in the 70s when we lived in England was playing like James Brown, the Hell album, playing um, Diana Ross and the Supremes off of the famous Motown Chartbuster albums. Do you know what I mean? So I still had that, that kind of like raw soul in the house, but at the time not really identifying what it was. What, what what was the difference between rhythm and blues and up-tempo dance? And like, again, going flipping back to the UK, I couldn't understand why every like other weekend or every month they like have a party and we had to go to bed as kids, but they were playing music downstairs. And obviously later on, I learned, I learned that um, obviously they weren't allowed to go to pubs and all that kind of stuff back in the day. So they formed the, the, what's known as the original house party. But nah, you know, but Jamaica, again, I go back to that place, we call it The Rock. And if I mention the word The Rock in this chat we have, it's all about Jamaica. My dad was a music person. He loved music. He, he loved quality equipment. And um, when we moved to Jamaica in the shipment, he bought a brand new Philips turntable with a Morant's radio receiver with an integrated amplifier, but it was just a basic equipment. And with the Morantz, it came with two speakers, which had built-in crossovers. Those things just start to come into play. And believe it or not, that piece of equipment started a sound system in Jamaica with me and my brother. We, well, I can't look at it. Going to school, I remember one going to school, obviously on the weekend, it was just like, um, it was a release from going to school. So come weekends, we hear music again, Saturdays, you know, wake up, there's music. And I remember one Saturday afternoon, all I can hear was this, this bass. And I can use the phrase now because I understand what 60 hertz means, right? But the, 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 the bass of that sound to it was a, really deep rumble but a steady thump imagine going to a hospital and hearing like a heart machine going boom 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 it was that kind of sound but it was it didn't have that second boom which was a boom 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 and I said to my brother where's that sound coming from where's that sound coming from and he goes I don't know and I said well do you think we can go out because by now we've started to get that Jamaican bug you know getting used to go out on the streets and we didn't go too far 
because we weren't kind of, we're still considered as new to the country. But uh, the music, this bass I heard, it just funk, funk, funk. I said I had to find it. So I left the house, the family house, and I started to walk towards the sound. And as I got closer and closer to the sound, it was about two, three streets away. And I got, as I got closer and closer and closer, I can hear this, this high top-end sound. I, you know, the hi-hats and that coming in. And it sounded really clean, very distinctive, but the bass just got you more and more and more and more. And I can remember as I got to, I, I, can knew, that, I knew that I was at the house, but the sound was very distinctive. I could hear the music. I can hear the vocals in the song. The, the bass was just unbelievable. And, I, and it was for something outside, it was unbelievable. Walked around the corner and looked around the fence through the gate. And I remember seeing these Rastafarian guys, right? All nodding ahead, just nodding up and down to the sound. And they had the amplifier on the veranda. And they were Rastafarians. And the music that was playing was not reggae. I learned to learn it was disco. And I looked around and I later discovered, obviously when I started to get involved with building the sound system, they used the reel-to-reel as a delay device. So, in, so, for example, if you listen to, well, I don't, people who listen to, like, dance stuff and disco stuff and sound system stuff, back in those days, they were used, people were being innovative. Mm -hmm. They were being creative. They were using reel-to-reels to give you a delay on the vocals. Right, so you hear you hear the you hear the sound playing, but it had that that instead of instead of having that clap clap, you have that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And all that all that kind of stuff came into making dubs with all you know Augustus yeah, yeah. Pablo and all that kind of stuff. But they were using it in in playing on the sound systems. And if you look on some of the archive pictures of the Paradise Garage and Ministry of Sound, they've got real to real. Yeah. But when I went in the 70s, I saw that on sound systems in Jamaica, right? Another thing I saw, which I didn't realize, how they got the sound to give it that, to, to lift the vocals, to make the, the vocal sound even more distinctive. And what they were doing, they were running the turntables through the springs that we, they used to use in like Fender or Orange guitars. That's right. To give you, that, to give you a reverb sound. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, So yeah. I learned all those things in Jamaica. I'm not saying that it wasn't in England, but I didn't see it. No. All that stuff I saw in Jamaica. And I said to my brother, we have to do, we have to do something for ourselves. So when did you start building your own sound then? Oh, we started building, oh, Jesus, by 19, 1979. Yeah. That's when I, what we did. We took my dad, any Jamaican family would know the thing called a blue spot gram. Because most Jamaican families had a blue spot gram. Basically, it was like, a, and that was obviously all in, in Jamaica, where you had like a turntable with a cabinet, and you had the, the place where you put your records or you put your drinks and you had the radio side and little cabinets. So you know, most families, most Jamaican families had one in their house and that's what they used to play their music on. So obviously moving to Jamaica, we brought all that stuff with us. But what my brother was, he was very talented with le electronic stuff and building equipment and stuff. And we bought a 12-inch speaker, right? We bought a 12-inch speaker and we, I don't know how we came across this fish tank you know, it had fiberglass all like because the fish tanks would work kind of leak. And we took this fish tank and we got a we got to make like a like some plywood to screw on the side so it can hold the and then got this plywood and cut the face out and put the 12-inch speaker on it and screwed it in this fish tank to make a base bin. Wow. 
right? And at a portal, so the bass can come down the bottom. And we use that integrated out to play the bottom end and the rotor receiver to play one of the Morant speakers we had with a crossover on it. Right? So yeah. that's, and then we had the two turntables with this piece of, um, well, it was a, I didn't know it was a mixer. I just knew it was from left to right. Yeah. And that's how we used to blend from one turntable to the next. To the other, yeah. Right? And then we started to do, we started to get parties in like some little, the, the Jamaican bars. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I was buying records at the time. Um, there was a record shop I used to go to in Jamaica in Arthur Tree Road called, um, I think it was KG's it was called. There was, a, there was three record shops in close together. There was GG's, I think it was KG's or something. But the, the, the one that was famous was one called Aquarius Record Shop. And later on in my, uh, my time in Jamaica, I came very good friends with the owner of the, of the record shop, a guy called Erman Chin. And they had a studio around the back. And that's where I met some of the dancehall stars from Leroy Smart, Greg Isaacs, but that's at a later date. And, um, and there was another famous record shop, which is further up, which I later discovered, was a one Derek Harriet. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, do, you know. yeah, Derek Harriet. Yeah, uh, he had a he had a big chart success in England with a record. His label was called Chariots of Fire. Anyone mm -hmm. anyone that knows about Jamaican culture, Jamaican reggae, they would know Derek Harriet. Yeah, All right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I used to go there from school with my my dinner money and buy records by seven inches. Yeah, I, I spent amazing. I, I bet, yeah, yeah. I've, mo most guys in 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 our generation we, we'd rather buy records than buy our, our lunch yeah 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 you know what I mean that's yeah, how it was much, and, right. yeah yeah and and then going and then add a few records and then managed to get a few um we've got a few bars to do and also my uh, a friend of the families who was my elder sister's boyfriend at the time he knew the circuit because obviously he's, he was Jamaican himself. So he knew, and he came and he got involved with the sound system. But um, that really started with me and my brother, you know. And there was another guy that lived across the road, a guy called Ryan. He was the one, other than me hearing Jackie Moore, this time baby, that sound system, because um, he was a little bit older than I was, and he went to a different school. Again, he used to buy a lot of records. He used to buy a lot of albums. He'd buy a lot of albums. And that's the first time I saw Detroit Spinner's album. I saw Dionne Warwick album. Anita Ward, Ring My Bell mm -hmm. album. Yeah, you know, um, KT Connection. Loads of different albums with loads of tracks on there. Um, and you hear the difference between like, the down-tempo tracks to the up-tempo tracks you know um i have to give ryan credit for that because he actually opened my eyes to those things there was another guy that played an important part of my life in jamaica a guy called winston but we used to call him garling and the reason why we used to call him garling was because he was tall and lanky and he walked the way he walked like a like a bird mm -hmm. but he, he again he opened my eyes to obscure records really obscure, you know, salsa, disco. And even then, I didn't really know about the likes of Larry Levan. I didn't really know about Larry. The guy who was my Larry Levan was a guy called Al Plummer. He played on a station called um, RJR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, and come to think about it now, it's the first time I heard, like, well, I heard record mixed together. Yeah. But then getting involved with the whole music thing, all the mixing thing, I saw that in Jamaica before I come to England, way before I came yeah, to yeah, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that, the whole thing with, obviously the, the likes of, because in my days, techniques, when I first started in the 70s, there was no, there was no techniques 1200s. It was no, just no. like, basically, you know what I mean? You know, because I didn't know about thorns, turntables. I, didn't know, I just knew that I was playing a turntable went round and round and round. And obviously later on, as, as technology moved on, things start creeping up. 
you know, I used to, um, I was, I used to hang out with, um, I used to, I used to still hang out with the dancehall, with the rubber dub sound system. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't really call them dancehall sound system. It was rubber dub sound systems back then, as far as I can remember. But one of the parties I remember going to, and I saw, I saw dancehall to the full. Is the night when I saw when I went to um, Ray Symbolic versus Prince Jammins. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But that night it was a, it was a, it was a dance lawn called OK Ram Jam on the corner of Walton Park Road and Hagley Park Road. It was on the corner as you and Jamaicans would know that road would take you down to Tree Mile, right? I remember going to the party and obviously I, I come from class like midtown stroke uptown yeah yeah but i'm now downtown right where all the bad boys are mm-hmm. we're all if you look too hard you have to say oh y'all look fancy yeah kind of thing, you know what i mean and i remember walked up i remember walking up to the gate and the man said to me oh yo and i said i'm with racing symbolic sound system and then he just said, no, you can't come in at this you. It's a big dance. You um, all, I, all I could remember, right? You have to excuse how I say it, because I have to say it the way it was said. Yeah, yeah. All I heard a man say, let you in the yo. That's all I heard him, let you in the yo. Right? And it was this guy, uh, a lot of Jamaicans as well would know this guy. It was a guy called Ox. Mm-hmm. Bad boy, policeman. You don't mess with him. You understand what I mean? Is one of, do you know if you know about Jamaican culture and how things run? You've got certain guys over there. They have stairs. You know what I mean? You don't mess with those guys. At the same time, so you have to be careful how you call their name. Because if you call their name in the wrong place, you're in trouble. You understand? Mm-hmm. All right? And I, I walked in. I felt so good, Leon, right? I had to walk back out, go to the cane cap, buy a cane. Because back in them, they used to throw on the cane. You know what I mean? <laughs> I walked back in the dark. Because I know that he the gate man couldn't mess with me. You understand? Because yeah. Gilly Priest said, I'm a part of the sound system. So I felt so good with myself. So like, I was kind of like I was a don. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I walked out, went to the cane court, court bought a cane, and walked back in the dance with it. And on that night, I remember, I don't know if you remember a record um, Ranking Joe did called 10 Against One. Okay. He, he, he released a record called 10 Against One. And finished, but, that was the night he did that record. And the reason why he actually did that record live on the sound system, because it was ranking Joe alone. And he was up against a studio because Prince Jammins is a studio. So they had Nicodemus, they had Jamaiki, they had Mama Nancy, they had a very young Ika Mouse, mm-hmm. right? A very young yellow man. Yeah? Yeah. Because they were a studio, Jammins had the studio, so he had the he had the he had the artists. You know I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember, um, I can't remember, it was Errol Dunkley or singing Black Cinderella. And then, and also as well, in that, in that scenario, you have to understand, you're going to hear a lot of gunshot going on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because the music's hot. Mm. It's dancehall, you know? And I saw it run. And, and Ranking Joe alone stood that sound system all night and took the place apart. I mean, took the place apart, you know what I mean? And I think back then, I think Jammins was still using tube amplifier and Ray Symbolic was using transistorized amplifier. They were using an amplifier called Crown Analyzer, a big transistorized amplifier. But yeah, I got baptism into the dancehall thing, big mm-hmm. time. You know what I'm saying? Um, By the time uh, you got back to Bristol, you'd had a proper school in. Dude! <laughs> listen to me. Right, okay. I went to... I went to um, Sugar Miner's house on Chisholm Avenue, 82 Chisholm Avenue, when he set up a sound called Youth Man Promotion. Mm-hmm. And because Sugar's an artist, he had all of the, um, the young artists coming through. And then they had a sound system called Volcano. You know what I'm saying? I remember when GT come with General Trees, right? I'm building my sound system now, but my sound system will play everything. So I play Calypso, I'll play disco as boogie starts creeping I'd play reggae I did sound clashes I had sound clash I had a sound clash with a famous sound system called well 
<laughs> this is the irony. I did a sound clash with a sound system called Love Injection in Jamaica, right? But Love Injection was the sister sound of the, the big sound called Gemini. And if you know, sound, if people who listen to know about sound system, they know where I'm coming mm. from. So by now, we've built the sound system from a little box playing in little bars to now we're, you know, we're fully pledged doing, I used to do a lot of high school fets, meaning like, you know, St. Hugh's fet, Ola Childhood fet. We used to play at a place called um, NCB Sports Club, which basically was a national commercial bank sports club. And they would hire the venue and we'd bring our sound system. We realized that the sound system had to have power. Do you know what I'm saying? Power. Mm. None of this little Mickey Mouse business. We, by the t- from the time we started and we built ourselves, we ended up with something like with something like eight to ten double eighteen speakers. Bullet tweeters line off like you know. Cause we used to buy, we used to, we used to save up the money, and when my dad said money, we'd save it up, and then send the the people that went to Grant Caymans and had to do a thing called farm work and get paid in American dollars. We used to then buy the dollars from them and then send to get the equipment from America. Mm-hmm. So we, we end up with power amps and the whole yeah. nine yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but then saying that, like I said, the whole sound system thing, we did a sound, well, it was a sound, two sound system in the lawn with a sound called Love Injection on a, in a place called Montgomery Avenue. And the guys came. By now we had, we had like, so imagine, right, you got, you got two double eight in standing, six foot by four. Right? And you've got eight of those, yeah? And instead of them put them upright, we put them on their sides to make the... Because then you make the, the four foot turn to six. So it's wider. And then mm-hmm. put the other base box on top. And then put the top end on top. Right? With Celestian speakers, because anyone that knows about that, Celestian speakers give you a better sound. It softens the vocals. As opposed to horns, mm-hmm. it's harsh. Yeah. You see what I mean? So basically, you had, you had, you had, you had, and it was like a freeway. So you had bottom, mids, and highs. Yeah. The, the guys for Love Injection came around because we because we lived pretty close to where the dance was. We went there early, and and and, and found our spots for our speakers. Right. The guys came and looked to see where they were going to put. They sent somebody in a car just to look on the lawn and see how they were going to position their speakers. By the time they got there, we took the the four corners. Of the lawn, so you had you had a set one this up, one there, one in the one in the left, one in the right, one in the left, one in the right. So we cornered off the whole. So technically, the whole thing was surrounded. And what they did, right? They went to the Gemini because Gemini's boxes were different from Love Injection boxes, but because it was owned by one person, because Gemini had quads, they had four 18s in one box. That's how big they were. They're huge. So what they did. Because they couldn't corner off like how we cornered off, they sent for four of the quads. Right? Four of the quads. So imagine you've got one quad box with eight 18s with another one beside it. Right? So that, that was their way of getting around the sound. They just put one at the left, one at the right. They sounded heavy, bro. They sounded heavy, man. Because you got to remember, back in those days, not only that you had to have the music, your sound had to be on point. Yeah, yeah. Your sound had to be no matter. And, and if you notice, like with, with Carnival in, in, in various places, our, the sound system, they all like try to top each other. Yeah, yeah. Sound-wise. Yeah, yeah. But we, we didn't have that clash where you play over each other. It was just about when you turned on, you knew you were on. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So that old scenario with that, um, and then... Obviously, in Jamaica, they had other sound systems other than the dance or sound system I was involved with um, as friends, just to see how they build. There was another side. There was a sound system called Plus X Aggravation, Crystal, which was the son of the same guy I told you, Derek Harriet, mm-hmm. at the record shop. They had a sound system. Um, Disco Sensation. Oh, by the way, my sound system was called Lovebird. We named it after the, we named it after the Air Jamaica. Mm-hmm. 
Anyone knows Air Jamaica? Mm. It was the hummingbird logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we almost got sued. We almost got sued for that. You wow. know why? Yeah, we almost got sued. We didn't know about trademark, did we? No. We didn't know about trademark. Basically, we, we had a stencil made with the hummingbird that was on the side. But so we had the hummingbird and we used the same um, orangey-yellow color. Yeah, we had or the bird in orange and we had the circle in orange. But that was the same color for Air Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that. We didn't know that. We didn't know about top trademark. And we got pulled up on it and we had to change. We had to change the circle to a heart to get around it and change the coloring as well. I think we changed it to blue. Keep the bird yellow, but the, the, the art was in blue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, you know, we got to start to play places like a place called Tropics, believe it or not. <laughs> there is a Tropics in Jamaica. Um, a place called Dumfries Road in um, New Kingston. And, you know, it was like, it was set, if you imagine like you walk into a place and it's like, it's all outside, but it's like tropical. So you've got, you've got um, fruit trees and plants everywhere, but the, da and you, 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 the dance floor and you can look up and see the stars and the sound system is pumping. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, as you walk through, as you walk through, you can see like a, gar a garden scenery. And as you look down straight towards you, you can see the speaker boxes lined off. Do you know what I mean? And a pump, you know, it, it was, and, and I went there and I saw, I remember seeing a guy called Squeeze. He was, a, he was like the first DJ I saw mixing live with free techniques. Mm -hmm. Blew my mind. Mind you, I'm not a mixing DJ. I was just playing music. Yeah. I was, what's known as the famous word as Segway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One to the next. But that also taught me about programming music. You know what I mean? And I think sound system is that, that also taught me about programming. Because one famous part I remember, I was doing a sound clash with a sound system called Soul Convention. And I remember <laughs> we're set up in the lawn and I can't remember, it was, it was my house, because believe it or not, I did do parties at my house. But the parties were inside the house, it was outside in the, mm -hmm. in the, in the yard because it's that big. And I remember my brother coming up to me and there was a, a tune by a guy called Tony Tough. Um, it had the lyrics saying, I saw you down the lane, girl. Do, 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 do. And I remember my brother saying to me, yo, gee, how did they play that record so early? Because it was only like, they played that record in their segment of their playing was about, 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 about half 12, one o'clock. And by now I'm I'm I, I'm like you know my Jamaica partner's room. I'm saying, listen, listen, don't worry yourself, worry yourself. Well, I play about the record, but I play it when it when the people them don't have them juice on, and then I smoke them weed and I feel good. You know what I mean? And I must have played the same record back about half three in the morning. But I had an MC, a guy called Shaka Indian. He he. he just to put a picture on Shaka Indian, he's, he's been to England and he's performed. He was like um, another version of Supercat. Because he's Indian, but in Jamaica we call him Cooley. Do you know what I mean? And he had that, he, he was very, you know, he still, I went, when I went to Jamaica last, he was there, you know, he said, oh, things, oh, oh music, and right, right. But yeah, he came on and he came on the mic and he started to MC and start to do some sweet lyrics. It was very, very sweet lyrics. You know what I mean? And the part, I never heard so much gunshot in all my life, bro. <laughs> it was just like, it was just like, and then, and then, and then I used to play like certain, like certain Eptones records, Eptones, Studio One, certain time of the morning, you know what I mean? Um, and also su subject to what kind of parties we're doing. If we're doing like a sound system clash, we kept it more dance or where if we're doing a party like a, like a high, a high society party where they want a bit of soul. We had to play Reasons by Earth, Wind and Fire. Um, we had to play Taxi, Take Me to the Time, um, Champagne, Albertus. We used to play Foreigner, I Want to Know Where Love Is. You know what I'm saying? So music and to me, songs. Were, and I, 
to me, songs will always be the pinnacle. A good song will always be a pinnacle yeah. to part of my set. Because back then, girls love songs. They love songs. They love songs. And, it, it, and then, then if you've got girls coming to your party, you know what it's like. Guys are dead, yeah. bro. Yeah, standard, yeah, totally. Standard, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So it, it was just like that. Um, and like I said, I remember I wasn't mixing, but I remember listening to, I, you know, I remember I used to listen to Al Plummer on RJR. Again, it wasn't about me. I never thought about being a radio DJ, far from it. Even though my name, I got my name from a famous radio DJ in Jamaica. Right? Now come okay. on to that. But Al Plummer, I used to listen to him every Saturday without fail, seven o'clock. RJR, Al Plummer's mix show. I didn't know I didn't know Al was Jamaican, American, or what. All I knew, he was mixing some hot tunes. He was playing Leroy Burgess. I didn't know who Leroy Burgess was. All I know is the songs. He was playing Francina Jolly, Gotta Get Over You. I didn't know who the hell that was. I tried to buy the record. I couldn't buy it because in Jamaica, they didn't import a lot of Americans because of the strength of the American dollars to the pound. So basically, I ended up recording. I ended up having a friend who had it, recording it on a metal tape. Not, not, not a normal tape, a metal mm-hmm. tape, because you can get the high quality. And you, you remember the term Dolby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So you can take out the hiss because you're playing with highs and bullets. You want to take the hiss out of that sound. So you put on the Dolby to cut out the hiss. But you're playing those records on cassettes. I to mix. It up. When I say mix, I have to play it from a cassette. Mm. I love the record so much. I remember playing um, "Found a Cure," Ashburn Simpson off a cassette because I couldn't buy the twelve inch. Oh, I got it now. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But, that, but that's how it was. And um. I used to listen to Al Plummer religiously every Saturday. I listened to him so much. Have you ever heard of the phrase, listen beyond the groove? Yeah. Or, or in the groove? Yeah. That's how much I was into him. I can tell if that show is repeated. And that later, that later in my radio career, now people say, how comes when I listen to your show, I never heard you play a record the same way? But you know why? Is because I remember myself as a kid listening to Al Plummer. And if somebody was like me, listening to me, they go, ah, oh, he's done it already. he done that already. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So I would always, even if I played a, a song that you've heard before, I would always use the word reconstruct, play in a different manner, enter a different way, coming from the break, probably loot the break. And that's why even to this day, my rewind shows I do, people listen to it and go, I remember that record. I never remember it like that. Because what it is, Leon, when I do a show, I always remember myself listening to Al Plummer. So I, I, I kind of like, how can I put it? I, I'm listening into myself. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So so that's how it was. And then, uh, you know, I remember doing, I'm going to um, New Kingston and they had a song called Plus X playing in New Kingston. And trust me, dude, I'm talking about heavyweight business. All these sounds I'm talking about, they played a a part of music culture, sound system culture, dancehall sound culture, disco culture in Jamaica. There's a sound system called Plus X Aggravation in New Kingston. We all went up there. It was like a street jam, right? They were they were playing the sound and it was pumped up because they were all out disco, you know, straight up, straight out disco, boom, 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 and they're dropping the jams and they were playing and they were they were mixing hot. And I remember the, the police came along and turned told them to turn the sound system down, right? And basically the guy came on the mic and he was like, "Well, we've got to turn the sound system down." Because we're disturbing, we're disturbing the film make the making of the film Countryman. Do you remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were filming a section in Kingston outside Skateland. Right now, if I can put a a distance on this to, to show you how far they were, imagine being in, at the Plough in Eastern. Right? Yeah. And 
you're standing at the Inkerman in St. Paul's. Mm -hmm. Right? That's mm -hmm. a distance, right? Wow. That's a fair yeah, yeah, distance, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's not that they can hear the sound system clear at the Inkerman, but the, because they're filming, they're filming, the mics were picking up the sound from that distance. That's how much they were pumping, dude. You know what I'm saying? They That's literally crazy. Turned, it's crazy. I'm telling you, bruv. It was crazy. They were filming children. I'm not children. Not, not children. They were filming countrymen outside Skateland, and they picked it up. That's how Mental. heavy the sound system was. It's wow. amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I remember being at my house. Because where my house was, the, the, the famous Skateland with Skendon, the old Dons, I'm up there up in, in Skateland. I can stay at my house in Richmond Park and hear when they put the mic on the table. Crazy. I can hear it. Yeah, because yeah. what you got to remember at night the sound travels more. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I mean, listen, you know what? This is just part one, man. I'm sure we're gonna have part two. We might even squeeze a part three. Sure will, and I gotta say, I'm sure we also, will. I I gotta send a big shout to Wilkie, Mike Shaw. Yes. You yes. know, obviously Marty. You know, yeah. the whole Lakota crew. The get the guys from back in the day. Yes. That made the city what it is now because people yeah. think that... The city, some people think that the city just started in 2000. Come on. Nah. Nah, bruv. Nah. <laughs> nah. Don't even think about it. So, you know, you've got all these guys now doing a thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I think... I, I passed the story down to my nephew and my son. They know what's up. You know, yeah. I've got to send a big shout out to Blazy and the crew because they want to know too. There's, there is a rich, 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 rich history in Bristol. You know what I mean? And then I, I got fight my my fight my, my, my mom and dad for that too. I'm saying. But yeah, Leon, it's a pleasure, mate. man. Thank you. Thank definitely, you. man. It's and, an absolute delight, Delhi. Really nah, is delightful to see you, man. Now, nah, yeah, well. 30 yeah. years or whatever it is. 40 well, 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 like, well, 88, I think I met you first, whatever that is. So that, that's right. And the and the well, the, and the radio show. Well, I won't talk how long the radio show has been for well over three decades now. And there's loads of other things yeah. where when uh, dude, we we'll come to that. Yeah. Because then when I was off, people didn't realize where I was until I come back now, and I'm still on now with two shows. So listen, yeah. dude, whatever you, know. you do, I, I hope the people that listen to this podcast get a real insight. Of what? And you know what? Yeah, I hope I so too. That's sort of the point, yeah. I think I think it'd be nice, and I'm going to open the mic to my man, Grant. Welcome on board. Come say something to the people, dog, because we need to know. Because he was yeah. there. My man, Willie, yeah. we got mad love for that guy. Mad, mad yeah. love. Because he was... It was when people didn't want to book me in Bristol to play, Willie, we booked me to play with Sam and DK from DIY on the Lock Hill, which is no more. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Big up to Willie Wee. Dude, yeah. look, anyway, you know what? Let's, let's shut it down because, you know, we can get real dark tonight, right. you know what I mean? Yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Willie oh, Wee, love all you, the man. Best, love Bristol crew, all the best, man. Listen, you take care of part one. Um, look up part yeah. two coming soon, all right? <laughs> See you later, Thank brother. You. Yeah, man, bye-bye. The big difference is...